0: Hey, hey, good morning, everyone. Welcome back to another edition of the show. It is episode 335, October 3rd, 2022. We're in the fall, and it's wrestling season. I guess wrestling season kind of never ends, though. Uh, But let's bring on our guest. Gianni Diakamahalos just took a silver medal at the World Championships uh, two two weeks ago or something like that, and chasing his fourth NCAA title. Excited to have him
1: on today. Gianni, how you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you for having me on. Uh, I'm excited to be back. It's been a while.
0: Yeah, for sure. Excited to have you here and and talk through and watch some wrestling. I just want to say congrats on the worlds. I'm sure it's one step below what you wanted. But man, I I was telling you a second ago, I went back and watched those matches. I think all of them, or most of them last night. Really impressed with um, your wrestling Man, your fakes. You're getting people biting, um, fake and go, um, just free attacks, just straight on attacks, just really... Um, uh, I, the best I've ever seen you wrestle, and I feel like I mean, I've seen you do a lot of good things, but uh, not by far, maybe. But but definitely the best I've ever seen you wrestle. Just wondering how you felt about. You know, obviously, you wanted to get you wanted to do one role better, but but how do you feel about the way that you did wrestle and and um, through all the matches?
1: No, I mean I definitely think that uh, that was the best version of myself that I put out there. You know, obviously there were things that I, I could have done better, but you know for the skill level that I was working with and you know just the the version of myself that I had that was the best I think I could have wrestled um you know my coaches did a really good job preparing me I was coming off you know a not great performance in Tunisia and they were like listen don't worry we're not peaking for this we're going to get you ready for the world championships so just trust us and you know it was it was a uh, it was tough right kind of accepting that but I feel like when I was wrestling at the Worlds, I felt really good. I felt like my wrestling was good. So, you know, I I 100% should have trusted them and do trust them with that kind of stuff.
0: (laughs) How did, before maybe before having that conversation, how did you feel coming out of Tunisia?
1: You know, I wasn't, I just wasn't happy with how I wrestled. And I I felt like I, I felt this really urgent need to make a lot of changes. And I was like, well, I have six weeks. It's a lot of time, but it's also not really a lot of time. So let's get on this right away. And they're like, "Pump the brakes. you know, it's gonna be fine. You don't need to overreact to one bad day of wrestling that we understood wasn't going to be your best wrestling. We knew that coming in. We just wanted you to get some matches in between Final X and the Worlds. Don't worry about it. We know what you need to work on. Let's address it and move on. Get ready for Worlds.
0: Yeah, like like not not your best performance in Tunisia, and then you almost like the sky is falling. You got to make all these changes, right? Like maybe in your head, at least for a moment. Has that been the case before when maybe you've lost or not performed the way you wanted to, and you're like, "Oh, I got to make all these changes." When in reality, maybe you're like, not that far off at all, or just a bad day, or not peaked.
1: Yeah, I mean historically, I uh, I've done my best wrestling after losing, and I think it's a combination of you know, that feeling of urgency, like I need to change right now. And, you know, kind of what you're describing where it's like, well, maybe I wasn't prepared and trained the best way for that. And then we're ramping up into something better. So it's probably a little bit of both. But historically, you know, after losing, I usually make a little jump, whether it's a training thing or an internal thing. So not the worst time for that to happen.
0: Well, that's, that's funny you said a training thing, and an internal thing, because that's what I was going to ask, right? Um, and, and maybe it's a combination of both. What's the difference in, in maybe the, the days and weeks before Tunisia and and the days or, and or weeks before a world championships? And I mean physically and mentally, right? I, I'm guessing the practices aren't as hard, but I don't know what you do to get your mind right before either, or if there is much of a difference.
1: Yeah, I mean, I was, I was training, you know, pretty hard up to, you know, a couple of days before I competed in Tunisia, not crazy. Like once we're in there, you know, we're in Tunisia, it's different. Right. But the week, two weeks before that, you know, I was still training hard, lifting hard, conditioning, stuff like that, which is, you know, we were pulling back a little bit, but not the same way that we did for the world championships. You know, after Tunisia, we had a full adjustment to my training cycle centered around the world championship. We really dialed in on my workouts and made them very focused. So, it's just, there, there were definitely some training factors that played into it, but on the flip side, I think that, you know, I had, I had been wrestling well and I had lost to the Armenian in the World Championships and we had made the adjustments to wrestle guys like that. But if you look at the world right now, there's this really common trend of guys like wrestling from underhook for pushouts or just trying to push a guy out. If you look at, you know, when Rashidov lost at Russian Nationals, He got to the leg three times the guy just forced him down to a push out and the other guy pushed him out three times no wrestling moves just like double inside tie headbutt push him off the mat so that and that kind of happened to me if you look at my match in tunisia the guy i spent four minutes of a six-minute match in underhook against that indian wrestler so that was kind of like the next thing that we had to address and we knew it was an issue like i had been underhooked by henderson in final x but I don't think maybe we realized how glaring of a hole it was. So that was kind of the big thing that we worked on leading into the World Championships, and obviously still needs to get worked on, right? Because of what happened against the Iranian. But it's a it's a step in the right direction.
0: Sure. Um, do you do you watch and pay attention to these trends pretty closely? Like you're talking about the underhook, and, and do you watch a lot of wrestling um, at, at, to, to be I don't know if I'm ent- entertained, but but more so to see the trends that are happening across the board you
1: No, know, it's kind of like a combination of things obviously you know Mike and Frank are watching stuff my dad's watching stuff and calling me every day hey I've been watching this you should look at this so I'm, I get a lot of information even you know at the national team camps Bill Zadick made a point to me at least to be like listen you got to be able to get in there and hand fight a guy not get hooked not get tied up you either gotta get in there and hand fight or you gotta be mobile but so, you know, it was coming from a lot of different people, but the, the general message was like, listen, guys are going to be looking to tie you up and walk you off the mat. You need to either get in there and engage with them and fight back with that, or you need to create enough emotion and, and create enough threat that they feel like they don't want to put their hands on you so freely. Um,
0: okay. And and, and um, I feel like, and maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like you you, you, I mean, you definitely did. You are shooting a lot, and maybe even more so than... That, and you're a shooter, but I feel like even more so than general. And maybe in the past you, you relied on your uh, – relied or you had to rely, one or the other, on your defense and your ability to get out of precarious situations. But this time it felt just felt like you were, like, much more offensive and shot-minded. Is that is that fair? You took a lot of shots.
1: Yeah, and, you know, it's not always a good thing. It um It's kind of like a match-to-match case. So if you look at – when I wrestled the Armenian. I didn't take a lot of shots, but if you look back at our match where he beat me in the 21 Worlds, he scored on three reattacks. Even if they weren't off my shots, it was like my action, he would defend and reattack. So with him, I had to be very calculated with what I was doing because I understood that he was sitting on everything, waiting to reshoot. So I had to just do more with my pressure, kind of faking and snapping or like two shots together was what was gonna do it for me there. But then, you know, against the guy like Boz Rang or like Sebastian Rivera, who's going to try to like get their hands on me and like move forward, guy who's looking to create pressure, those guys, I, I feel more comfortable kind of teeing off on them, just like taking, taking a lot of action. But, you know, it's one thing that I, down the line I need to work on is, you know, I can't just fly in there, grab guys' legs willy-nilly, just, you know, these guys are really good. You can't just put yourself at risk like that all the time.
0: Sure, but another thing I noticed is that, and again, maybe I'm just noticing it, or maybe it's it's more so now. But like when you did take shots that you didn't get your hands locked on, you were out quickly and and really not in that much danger. Um, and sometimes I'm like, oh, he's stuck. Oh, I oh got. How do you do that? He got back. Do you feel like you were doing a good good job getting away after you got underneath and didn't get a hands locked?
1: Yeah, uh, Frank Pirelli, kind of this whole freestyle season from, you know, April to now had really been in my ear about my shot recovery, Uh probably because of what happened with the Armenian in 21. Um, We'd spent a lot of time working on trying to recover from my shots, clearing out from underneath the guy and not getting tied up down there because I used to have a really strong tendency of kind of chasing down shots that aren't there and just running myself deeper into the hole. So kind of covering that kind of stuff, making sure I can recover well when I miss.
0: Okay. Um, I, I want to play just, just a little bit of this first match, actually, against Tavanya and, and Nico. Who can get that pulled up. But, how, you know, as you're, I don't know, a veteran, I guess, or, you're, or definitely a seasoned guy here at the senior level, how do you feel confidence-wise coming into these matches? Actually, hold on. So we're going to watch this real quick. And I want to ask about, and it's kind of like the, this finger wag you give him, right? He gives you a big, hard club.
1: I think this is right after the finger wag. Oh like
0: shoot! Can we go? Ba- Can we pull it back? That's my bad, Nico. Here it comes right. It's really just this, just that, right by itself. Which it was funny, <laughs> right? But like, uh, does does first year senior level Yanni have the? I don't know if confidence is the right word. Swagger might be a better word. But does he have the? No, he
1: finger-wagged me last year when I had my slap hard, and he finger-wagged me. And I was like, dude, we've been doing this the whole match. You're going to finger-wag me now? So it was like a a joke to myself, kind of. Like, all right, if you're going to get mad about me hitting you, then I'm going to finger-wag you when the ref stops us from now on. Make it seem like, like whatever. I don't know. It's just like stupid stuff, but it's just like little small victories. Even if they don't mean anything, they're kind of just... In hindsight, it's funny to me. But, well, I, you know, that's kind of
0: my point. I, I I think it does mean something, you know, that just even just the confidence to do that. And I guess he did it to you before, so it's a little bit different. But
1: to me, that like says something. Extra. Yeah, it's no, not. It, I wouldn't have done that last year. I would have been like, you know, just gone back. But you gotta you gotta do, you know. Yeah, I, I've always felt like if you don't believe in yourself, then like who's going to, right? So it's little stuff like that
0: yeah and that seems like uh and that's what that i guess that's the point i was getting to is i saw a little bit more confidence or a little bit of swagger or a little bit of something um just from that and i was like wow they, they, it was a, such a small thing but i'm like actually that's a big thing wherever that's coming from inside his head to me at least that's how i interpreted it
1: yeah no i mean that's a that's a funny thing that you caught it. it was just you know i i don't want to overlook into it but He definitely finger-wagged me last year, and I remember being so irritated by that and being like, what are you finger-wagging me for? So then as soon as the ref stopped, I'm like, oh, I'm going to get it back. (laughs) It was kind of just like a funny thing, but, you know, it's little things like that. Kind of like tell him like, hey, I'm here to go. I'm here to party.
0: A little, maybe mental warfare, maybe not, but just a tiny little edge. So good for you, man. Um, okay, now let's let's move on to I think it was the quarterfinals You wrestled Bajrang um, I just want to watch this was a really fun match So we're just gonna let this one rip Nico uh, Whenever you have it queued up and you can kind of talk us through it all you want First of all do you hear all this? Is it impossible not to hear? I mean the Iranians wrestle next door and it's it's loud as crap and the horns and all that like You can hear it when you're walking up to the stage does it go blank or do you aware of it during the match?
1: No, I hear the horns. up Right up to the, the start of the match, I'm hearing the horns. Every break in the accents, all you hear... All I hear is Mike's voice from the corner and horns. But it kind of turns into, like, background audio almost because it's, like, so much louder than everything else that it's just, like, background sound yeah. of the stadium. And then I hear Mike kind of yelling at me from the corner. So... You know, it, it's fun. I like it. I like those big, loud, hostile environments. I like that they're rooting against me the whole time. Like, when I was wrestling Tavani and they're, like, blowing their horns and going, like, er, 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 Bozgen, which is, like, his first name. Okay. Like, they're rooting against me from round one. I, that stuff is fun for me. I like
0: it. It's fun. Uh-huh. All right. Well, cool. Um, an early score in the first minute. You've, you Obviously, you wrestled Bosgen at Beat Streets. You guys have trained together at maybe multiple occasions Um, how confident were you coming into this match
1: you know I I felt good about it I knew Bajrang was gonna come he's gonna wrestle hard he's gonna be ready to go and obviously you know I kind of had an idea of what I needed to do because we had wrestled before but I understood you know if I'm gonna wrestle Bajrang he's gonna be in great shape he's gonna push the pace and I'm gonna have to be ready to wrestle really hard and kind of turn that pace back on if I want to wrestle the way that I need to.
0: Yeah. Um, Yeah, just
1: lights out performance. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, you know, he uh, creates a lot of forward pressure. Like, one thing that I think a lot of people, like he's pretty popular, I feel like, especially among our Americans for wrestlers that aren't American. Sure. I feel like it's because he gets after it. You know I mean? He really pushes hard and he's just trying to score the whole time, which I, I really appreciate.
0: Another thing I noticed is when you were getting to a leg, you were able to run into a guy, which would, it seems like, oh my gosh, he's being reckless and he's going to lose his balance. But you somehow kept your hips so close to guys as you were, you know, you'd run guys. From the center to the edge, again, it looked reckless, but it's like, oh gosh, he actually has control of that leg, or of himself. Yeah, I
1: think you know you gotta kind of know your audience, right? So a guy like right? he's got really heavy hips, and he'll get he'll get tricky on the edge, but he's not the kind of guy who is gonna bait you into something. And I think in general with the senior level guys, if you shoot and just keep driving through the position and keep attacking them. You, it's going to favor you more than trying to squeeze the leg and kind of bring your chest down to hold on to that. I think sometimes can be risky. So I just understood that if I felt like I was starting to lose control or he's starting to get his hips away, I got to really get moving my feet. It was a big thing that uh, Coach Zadik talked to me about during the summer. It was like, got to keep your feet moving when you're wrestling.
0: Sure. Um, how, much, how much can you take, you know, you get to work with Coach Zadig at, I don't know, three camps maybe, four camps, and Russell and yeah. everybody else, you know, and, and he's splitting his time between you and, and nine other guys, right? But obviously he said something that made sense, and you just you brought it up. How much can you take from a coach like that, right? And it's no knock on him. It's just the reality of the situation.
1: Yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, there's not a lot of time, but the biggest thing is, you know, what, what uh, Coach Zadig does really well is he's, uh, he's looking at, kind of the big picture right so he'll talk about like we were talking about trends of guys trying to push people out all yep. year mm-hmm. he'll, he's the kind of guy who would be like alright you know this many guys are scoring from underhook We really need to be able to defend underhook. Or this many guys are scoring on a gut wrench. we got to make sure our gut wrench defense is on point so you know I try to really pay attention when he talks because more or less what he's saying a lot of times is a reflection of what is going on in the world of wrestling, mm-hmm. Right, so you know he's got a lot of really good insight, obviously as a technician, but even more valuable, I think, is he, he's really paying attention to what the field does. You know, what I mean, and maybe they're not always directly pertaining to my field, but you know, nine times out of ten, it's going to be something that's going to be really beneficial for me. So yeah. I just try to really absorb that information. We're only there for you know four weeks total out of the whole year, so I really try to take that in while I can.
0: Yeah. That's great. That's that's you got your specific coach He's coaching you in a very specific manner, and then a guy looking at the bigger picture across the world. It's like a great combination.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I feel like with my coaches too. Like they're looking at that big picture, but it's a lot more of how it's going to pertain to me. Like what am I doing? Where can I improve? It's a lot more, you know, self-centered. Whereas with with Bill, especially because you know it's ten. There's ten men, ten guys on the team kind of looking at well this is what guys are doing I'm going to let you guys kind of individually talk about how you want to address it and then kind of him and Joe are there as like resources to help us yeah
0: again the, the like something I didn't mention earlier and well here we, there's another example of, of just running and uh, maybe you didn't quite get the push out but you never really lost control maybe you're going to score here the but, chest uh, trap? but when you got to that the, the timing right along the fakes and I guess that goes along with your fakes is like your timing was phenomenal. Just like your speed with your timing was like wow, he's just getting to these legs like right as they're stepping.
1: Yeah, thank you. I think um for a really long time we've been building my footwork because I used to have really bad footwork. I used to move slow. I was never really, you know, quick on my feet like that. And I think, you know, this past year we kind of worked on creating motion but more or less, you know, every time I do something my feet are set to go, so any fake or any snap, any anything, I got to be ready to get in there for a shot, snap. You know, basically at any time I need to be ready for anything. So we spend a lot of time having my feet set, ready to ready to rock for any position. So that kind of I think came together in this match as well.
0: Do you do, and do you do that when you're when you're working on footwork? Are you doing it slow? at first, like, okay, this is exactly where I need to set my feet and, like, get repetitions in, or are you just kind of, like, talking it through, understanding it, and, like, sparring around with it?
1: You know, I, I think something like how you move out of a fake or out of a snap or out of a shot is stuff that you learn pretty young. Like, you know, the, con- the concept of faking, shooting, and snapping are not these high-level, you know, really new things. I think it's just a, it's a discipline thing where you know sometimes i'm letting my feet get out of position or i'm letting my hands get out of position for whatever reason so it was just like hey don't do that you know what i mean it wasn't like there was this big grand adjustment as much as it was like you know mike and frank in my ear every time i did something wrong hey don't do that hey do this hey you should be doing that and just little things like that but they're good mental cues just to make sure i'm doing it right you know
0: yeah absolutely um we can scrub forward just a little bit here Nico through this challenge. Um we can get ourselves back to some action. Cuz I think this is uh No, 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 you can play keep playing it. You can just move just uh fast forward a little bit. There you go. And then you can put that back on the screen. We'll watch watch the rest of the match. We still got 2:15 to go here.
1: Yeah, here I get a little shot happy. This uh a little shot. shot happy. Yeah. I
0: like a seven zero, are you think of tech? Are you you yeah. know?
1: Yeah. You when I got the seven zero, I was like, well, I was like, "It was so close." You know what I mean? And the problem—not the problem—it's a good—it's a good problem. But the problem was I was getting to his leg so much that I kind of—and this is a bad thing—I I just kind of let caution go to the wind and start yeah. flying in there. And you can see it because some of these shots are not great; they're bad. But, you know, I just kind of trusted the shot recovery and what we had been doing, and I felt good. I wasn't really tired or anything, so I just kept going, which isn't always. So sometimes, you know, got to have that – we were talking about discipline with the fakes and the hand motion and stuff. Yep. Got to be disciplined in these situations to just take two really good attacks, get a takedown and push out, and cut it, you know what I mean? Yeah. like those kind of reaching yeah I'm oh. just flying in there and then kind of clearing out for whatever reason and you can see during one of these breaks Mike kind of yells something to me and I sit there and look at him for a second and come back and he's literally like dude just relax you don't have to tackle <laughs> uh, yeah he's like you can do anything just gotta relax I was like okay back in there and can like, go back to it yeah
0: that's crazy that you can hear Mike's
1: voice. Uh, I with think all those horns and everything. listening for a little bit. Yeah. Because there's no way he's louder than everything else going on out there, you know? Right. But, like, during the breaks and the action, it feels like he might as well be standing right next to me. It's so clear.
0: Uh-huh. So, yeah. Huge win. I had to feel good. As far as, like, in the in the corner, and, you you know, I don't know how this is, like... Stuff you don't want to talk about, or stuff you do. What kind of things does he tell you? Is it technical? Is it more encouraging? Is it a combination uh, or tactical? I guess that well, kind of similar to technical, but not
1: necessarily. You know, it's a it's a match to match kind of thing. Um, what he's saying to the corner to me in the corner during this match might be different than the Armenian compared to what he said the, during my match with the Iranian. So it's kind of situational. You know, what I mean, sometimes it's like, hey, you gotta you gotta do this versus, hey, you're wrestling really well, keep doing this. It's, it's always a kind of a technical and a tactical thing. It's just kind of the way he spins it. Yeah. Yes.
0: Is there a need or not for you, or maybe in the past, for you to say, this is how I like to be cornered? Or does Mike do his thing and and, and that's and you like the way he does it, right? Some guys are like loud and intense and in your face. Some guys are really calm and they might say one or two things. And, and there's it's a spectrum, right? It's anywhere in between, but... I assume you like the way that Mike coaches and the way he coaches you, but is that anything you ever had to talk about? Or it's just like,
1: it just fit. You know, there, there was some trial and error for sure. But I mean, he's been coaching me now for almost six years. Mm-hmm. And I, there, you know, we went through that process of figuring out how he needs to manage me and how, you know, I'm able to, how we can work with each other best. You know, we figured that out a long time ago. So now it's just kind of the way he handles me or handles Vito or any other guy on the team. He just understands, all right, this is how I have to be with this guy. Let's do it. And, you know, fortunately, I think the things that, you know, maybe are my lesser qualities that, you know, we had to work around. We've kind of built past. So now he can just be, authentic to the point. Hey, here's what we need to do. And I can be like, all right, got it. Let's do it. Go. You uh-huh. know what I mean? Versus when I was younger, he might've had to spin things a certain way. Yeah. Whereas now he can just tell me what it is, get the point to me as concise as possible and then send me back out there. Love it.
0: Love it. Um, so obviously this, this, this was a big win. It, it put you in a metal match, no matter what. And, and you got CBAS next. And I, I don't know if you saw this, but I'm sitting back here at the state in the States and I'm, you know, masters are happening and sessions are over. And there was this Instagram post, I think I don't flow or, or UWW did it, but it was like, you see Seabass come off and they said, uh, Hey, you got Yanni in the finals. What do you think? He's like, Oh man, it's New Jersey, New York final. Could have done know, know, it, you know, an hour apart to be cool, but I'm really excited or something. And they say, uh, Hey, Yanni, you got, you got Sebastian. What do you think? He said, smash him. And I was like, Oh, <laughs> You could just hear the difference in what what each of you said. And I was like, wow. All right. Yanni's like, smash him. I think Yanni's going to win. And and I kind of thought you would anyways, because, you know, you've had better results over the years and this and that. But um, I don't even know if I had a question. It was was fun to talk
1: about that. Yeah. Sure. I mean, I came across a little whatever. I don't think so.
0: I I don't think there's nothing, there's nothing to apologize. And and maybe my question is, you're such a nice guy and you're so pleasant. You shake everybody's hand after the match and you hug if that's, if that needs to be. But like, I can tell there is that killer instinct in your head, right? And like, no friends with anybody. Doesn't matter who you are, I'm going to smash you. Um, That's what I guess I was getting to. And there's no, there's no ill feeling and there's nothing wrong with what you said.
1: Yeah. So I think, you know, one thing that people kind of lose in the sport, because it is so intense, we always try to make it about fun. You hear that from a lot of people oh, it's fun, we're having fun. But yeah. inherently, we are fighting. Yeah. And if there's gladiator times, we'd be fighting to the death. But we're not because we're civilized people now. So I think, you know, you gotta, like for me, when I'm getting ready for wrestle and to wrestle, and this is dramatic, but it's like, you're taking yourself to that place where it's like, this is going to be war. This is all out. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm laying it on the line here. And that doesn't mean that it's the end of the world. If I lose or I've climbed the, I've climbed Mount Everest when I win, but it's something I think psychologically for me, where it's like, I need to be ready to go through this extreme, you know, test of my willpower kind of thing where it's like, doesn't matter if it's Sebastian Rivera or the Iranian or some guy you pulled off the street. You know, when I get on that line, it's like, I'm ready to put it all out there and pour my whole heart and soul into the next six minutes of action. So I think sometimes when you catch me coming off the mat, historically, I've said some kind of out there things, but it's like coming out of that, you know, like intense combat mindset where it's like, you know, life or death for six minutes. And then I Get caught saying something dumb every once in a while.
0: Uh, well, again, I don't think I don't think it was dumb, and I don't think there's anything to apologize. Right? You're like being yourself, and I think it's extremely pure and like
1: it's like yeah.
0: it's raw. So, Yeah.
1: and like kid, it's kind of just that's how I feel. You know, I mean, you catch me coming off, and it's like, all right, who's the next guy? I Got to go get him. Yeah, we'll kill that
0: guy. I mean, adrenaline running. There's everything you just yeah. described. Um, so with that, with what you just said about that, I don't know, like state of. Being in your mind that you get yourself in, how long does it take to get into that state of mind? I'm sure you don't just show up, put your shoes on, there you are. Is it like getting your engine revved up as, as you get into the arena and get warmed up and like slowly like work yourself into this
1: honed state you need? You know, I'm never a hundred percent relaxed when I'm in the arena, but I'm never really locked in until I'm like out there. So even when I'm on deck, I'm still in the back, like talking to Mike, I'm making jokes, I'm, you know, doing whatever. But I it's like, you know, when I'm sitting in the warm up area, and I'm just sitting there, I'm relaxing, but I, I there is this like looming thing of like, alright we're we're going soon. And then, you know, you warm up, and it gets a little more real, you get in that warm up area, and you hear all the sounds, and you hear everyone yelling, and you're like, Oh, it's real. <laughs> and then you get out there and it like, hits, and you're like, completely you know switch flips like all right let's go yeah like i do that thing where i slap mike's hand or whatever before every match and it's like an on button where it's like here we go and you run out there and go
0: so it's this it's the hand slap that's the switch a
1: little yeah it's like a little progression into it but yeah like i don't know it's one of those pre-match rituals that i haven't really been able to let go of but i kind of like slap mike's hand and slap my own hand which doesn't really make any sense but it's like that second slap is the on button and i run out there and go you know what I mean and that's when like ah, here we go it's real now
0: yeah uh so the sebastian match i mean and you did right i mean you attacked him in i don't know less, a minute or maybe less than um how did that feel no and and well back, oh, back up the streak everybody you know the streak every time we talk about that every year at 65 for the last decade plus yeah. is that i mean it's it's a thing but what, did, what it, did it really mean much, or is just every time you're like, I'm just trying to do what I'm trying to do, and, if, okay, I want to break the streak, of course, but it's not about the streak?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's like a cherry on top, and that kind of sure. makes it seem selfish, but... No. You know, I... I so the last medal was Coach Zattik in, like, 2006, I think.
0: Yeah. So yeah. I, was,
1: I was seven years old. <laughs> so obviously... Like, for me, it's like, why am I carrying this 16 year-long thing when in reality this is my second world team and i think about this thing that uh coach zadek actually told me he said it to me a handful of times maybe two or three times he talked about so he he made a world team and he won a world title and then he he, uh failed to make the olympic team the following year and he uses that as kind of example where he's like listen do not take these teams for granted we, we come from a really strong wrestling country you might be the guy one year and have this dynamite performance, and then never make a team again. He's like, so you got to really take these to heart and make the most of them while you have them. So it was kind of like in the moment, I'm not thinking about what happens after this or what has happened leading up to it. It's just like let's get this match done and move on. You know, what I mean, that's one part of it. And I think like the other part too is obviously a medal is better than no medal but i wasn't entering this tournament hoping to come back with a medal Mm -hmm. you know you're coming coming to win right so i think it was like a a huge step towards winning right because i'm one match away which was really exciting and you got the medal so it's like that monkey is kind of off your back but at the same time it wasn't like check the box off finish the job you know sure
0: yeah you know, let's go back to was it 2019? I think when you won the U.S. Open and then there was a crazy the drama. Yeah. With, it was awesome. we, yeah. Did you think then that you'd be where you are? Like, because it, it seemed like that it was. it was like, oh wow, maybe Yanni's going to take over, and th- and then you didn't, right? And you didn't. Ma- and then we didn't have it the next year, and then it took you to 21 to make your first team. At the time, did it feel like it was taking forever? Even though you're still in college.
1: Yeah, I mean. Um, I think I thought I was better than I was. And I think I underestimated the world. You know, I, uh-huh. I was wrestling really well. And I, I was winning matches that beat the streets in the Yassar Dogu tournament, which are not the world championships. And I'm winning matches at the U S open, which is not the world team trial. So it's not like I'm sure that the kid who beat me in Tunisia, isn't sitting at home being like, I should have been the silver medalist. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I think that's what we were doing with me a little bit, where it was like I was beating these guys in situations where maybe they're like, eh, it's beat the streets. It's the quarterfinals of this tournament in Turkey, like whatever. And, you know, especially like that Musa Kayak match, I was one unfortunate call from being tech club. So, you know, I think... I had some wins that kind of created this illusion, like I'm there, but especially seeing my progression from now to then, I I wasn't there. And you can see that in the 2021 Worlds, I went one and one. I lost to a guy who didn't medal. So I think I had some circumstances surrounding me that led to some convenient success, which is tough to admit. But, uh, you know, looking back on it, looking at how much I've improved, I think you know, maybe my skills were were at, on par with some of those guys, but there were some clear issues that needed to get fixed in my wrestling and my, you know, strength and conditioning and all those things. And, uh, yeah, I guess kind of just to summarize, you know, I felt, I felt good about where I was, and I think that was kind of an overestimation of my skill.
0: Man, it... <laughs> That's that's a better answer than I, I, I could have hoped for. And, and it was, like, really insightful. I don't know if you've thought about that before or if you just kind of came up with that on the spot. But it, it's it's really fun to 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 see someone's progression and, like, to hear it from their point of view. You know, and that was, like, a really awesome way of explaining that and, and to really see how your head. And, like, now that you say it, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's,
1: gosh, he nailed it. Um, you know it's, in the moment you're like wow he beat this guy wow yeah. he beat that guy and you don't want to be the guy who's like well it's this <laughs> well it's that you kind of want to buy into yourself but sometimes you're up you can be your worst adversary where it's like oh i'm so great i'm doing all these things but you know it's convenient it's convenient sometimes
0: hell yeah love it uh so you go on you and you you text sebastian back to 2022 yeah, yeah. um and now you have arrived right at least now you now you're guaranteed a medal and you're wrestling in, in the world finals and it's it's not beat the streets and it's not yasser dogu and it's not whatever um you you win the semis in the evening and the finals the next day what is that day look like you don't have to walk me through like step by step but um game planning, talking about your opponent, watching film, resting. These are, I assume, all things you're doing. Well, I guess I don't know. I don't know. Go
1: ahead. I kind of, I mean, obviously, there's so many guys in the field, and he's on the other side of the bracket that he's kind of on the back burner Yeah. compared to Tavani or Bajran, who I kind of understood was going to be in the way. Yeah. But um, just because he's got that really unique style, more as a for lack of a better word scholar. Mm-hmm. I had watched him wrestle just because I was like, what is he doing? He's wrestling with his hands on the mat. He's a super tall guy. All he does is underhook. He's got like a very different style. So I kind of watched him just from that. But the big thing that we talk about, and this is going back to, you know, my first year in the NCAA finals as a freshman, like don't wrestle the match all day. Yeah. Like when I get up and weigh in at eight in the morning, we're not going to like sit there and be like, "All oh, right, here's what you got to do. And do that all day and stress yourself out. And, you know, do that to yourself. So kind of a big thing that we did with me was, we would dedicate 30 minutes to be like, Hey, this, 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 and this. Talk, talk it out. If it took an hour, it took an hour, If it took, yeah. minutes, it took 10 minutes. Good, feel good about that? Yes. Okay, let's go back and relax. And then we came in you know, hour and a half, two hours before wrestling started, I got a good long warm up so I felt good about it. And then, you know, we start dialing in getting ready to go. But I think the main focus was just recover, make sure I feel really ready to go and do not do not spend all day thinking about what I need to do because then I've spent eight hours just mentally draining myself. 10 hours however long it was.
0: Has that happened in the past, whether it was your freshman CAs or or any other time?
1: You know, historically, I have done a good job at relaxing, but I've seen it happen to people, you know, right in front of me. And it's unfortunate because you'll see guys, and this happens every once in a while. And I'm not saying it's always this. I don't want to start talking for people I don't know. But you'll see it where these guys who are in phenomenal shape will suddenly get tired in a really big match. And you're like, what was that? Or whatever it is. And sometimes... know it can happen where you spend all day you know getting fired up for something or building yourself up for like this big moment and it can kind of cause you to crash so i think it's important to be aware to be aware of you know where your head's at during the day of a big match like that when you have all day has it happened to you um you know probably i can't think of one specifically but it might not be for, you know, the finals of a big tournament, but I can sure. definitely think of matches where you're all fired up going into it and you don't wrestle the way that you should. That happens. I, I, I'd like to think it happens to everybody, but I might be wrong.
0: I, I would imagine you're right. Um, so, uh, let's just talk through the finals, right? Crazy start. Uh, I think you were in and you took him down and got rolled through. And the one time it was yeah. a four and, you know, a lot of points going back and forth. Um, and then second period, he, he kind of – stopped your offense and, and got to some of his a little bit later. But just what's your what's your takeaway from that match?
1: You know, he um he's got a very like I said earlier, he's got a very unique style and it's not as simple as a camera shows you, right? Because anybody could put their hands in the mat and then jump into an underhook. Right. But like that doesn't make you a world champ. And you know he beat some quality guys to get there too. So, you know, and um, it kind of exposed some things that I need to work on, and we've been kind of addressing them already, talking about solutions and uh, things I need to change. Um, you know, it's uh, it just it's unfortunate, right? He uh, he wrestled really well, and he just kind of locked me down in that second period. So, you know, I got to just go back and make those changes and be ready to go for whenever the next time I. Get to get a hold of them is
0: sure now like looking forward right and um the u23s were ahead i don't think you're you're planning on going to that is that right
1: yeah yeah just uh you know coaches want me to focus on getting healthy and recovering and then starting to kind of get ready for that folk style season to start and then uh the world cup is coming up in december so kind of just building into those things trying to build in some rest before we Sprint through the whole season and then sprint into the next, you know, qualifying year for the Olympic Games.
0: Yeah, and I mean, it's 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 like it's almost like um, nothing's foregone, right? And there's no no guarantees you're gonna win number four, but it almost seems like you're thinking more ahead to the next Worlds or and or Olympics than than tying down number four. Even I mean, I don't know if that's yeah,
1: yeah. I don't want this to come off as like counting my chickens before they hatch. But, you know, people talk about that, like folk style, freestyle balance. And, you know, I think if I prepare to be the best wrestler in the world, it will help me be the best wrestler in the NCAA. And, um, you know, obviously the college guys, they're very good. They're very skilled. They're doing stuff at the senior level already. Mm-hmm. And um, I just don't want to, it's easier to focus on the bigger picture and the the greater task and then let the, in quote, smaller task kind of work its way through, than really dialing in on that smaller pool and losing the bigger picture. And I don't want it to seem like I'm diminishing winning the NCAA tournament, because it's incredibly hard. Like, these guys are really good. It's just that I think by preparing to beat a guy like a Amuzad or Aliyev or Moussakayev or Bajrang or Devani, and it's going to prepare me for a guy like, you know, Austin Gomez or Ridge Lovett or Sammy Sasso.
0: Yeah, I think that's very well put. Um, do you know your how, how much you're going to compete? I would imagine you're not going to compete a full schedule. Maybe you will, NCAA-wise.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, I think they're going to modify it. They're going to try to work in, you know, one or two freestyle competitions for me just so I can stay on it. But, you know, on the flip side, too, we do want to make sure that, you know, come the NCAA tournament, I'm I'm ready. You know what I mean? We don't want to – I never want to underperform for something as stupid as just not preparing for it, right? So just finding that balance of, you know, staying sharp, getting ready for the freestyle stuff, but at some point – you know, dialing in, making sure I finish out my uh, college wrestling very strong. Yeah. So it'll be a bit of a, a slightly modified version, but you know, nothing outrageous.
0: Okay. When when did did you attend NCAA's when you were younger? And if so, like when when did you go? And what was your knowledge of Pat Smith, Kale, Logan, obviously Kyle, you're very you're close with.
1: So I had I had watched the NCAA tournament every year since I was like eight, nine, ten, however old I had been to the tournament twice. Once when it was in Madison Square Garden because it was so close to home for me, you know, it was a five-hour car ride. It's like how can you not go watch? Yeah. And we had we had really we had really good t- cool we had really good tickets. It was like a really cool experience. And then that was my I think junior year of high school, maybe my sophomore year, and then my senior year of high school when it was in St. Louis we went and that was like that was awesome because it felt so close like, i was like man one year from now like, i could be doing this and it was it was really exciting you know but i remember being a kid and we'd have like all my friends over and we'd do like a pick and pool
0: uh-huh. for the
1: NCAA tournament we'd like pick our champs going into the tournament and then we'd we'd get half from wrong cuz we just pick guys that we liked <laughs> and then we'd like redo it before the finals and like pick our actual chance. But, you know, it's it's just one of those things, it's such a deep thing in wrestling culture that it's like every wrestling fan loves in America loves the NCAA tournament. You know, what I mean, it's such a a fun it's a it's a great spectacle that we've been able to put together in wrestling and it's a really cool and exciting thing that we have. So, you know, for me growing up that was like a huge thing in my life. When was,
0: you know, was winning for a goal coming into college? Was it a goal before then? Or was it one year at a time and, and here we are knocking on the doorstep of number four?
1: You know, I, I don't know exactly. I know when I was seven, it was not like four time NCAA champ, world champ, right. Olympic champ. But when I entered college my freshman year, that was already clearly the goal. Like Mike sat me down. I, I've told this story like a hundred times, but he sat me down at some point at the start of our preseason. And we have this classic conversation where he's like, listen, you're the most skilled guy in the weight. If it was a skills contest, you'd win today. He's like, but it's not. And you need to get tougher. You need to get stronger. You need to get in better shape. You need to completely change the shell holding the skills. And I was like, okay. And he's like, otherwise, if we re- if we wrestled the tournament today, you'd probably take six, seven, right? So there's some there's some ground we need to make up. But you know, what was great was he wasn't kidding. (laughs) Yeah, you know, I had some kind of crazy conditioning, strength, challenge, mental task every single day that whole year. And you know, when the tournament came, all those things were challenged. And it was like, poetic how everything came to line up where it was like, Oh, this is just like when Mike had me do this. And you know, what I mean, and it all lined up really well for me. So You know, that that year especially felt like 100 percent a product of what of the system at Cornell kind of came together and worked for me. But, you know, kind of going back to the original question, I don't know when something like winning four came on my radar. It was sometime in high school, probably. I think, you know, one thing my dad always talked to me about was kind of you want to make your aspirations so high that they're probably unattainable because you'll show yourself how far you actually could have gone. So I think whenever I was old enough to understand what that really meant was kind of when that kind of stuff came on my radar.
0: Do you, or have you ever done visualizations or, you know, watch yourself win a fourth title, whether it was in high school when it first came on your radar or, or since,
1: you know, those kind of things like kind of slip into your head, but, Ironically, ironically, I try to push them out more because it's kind of, to me, the same thing as counting your chickens before they hatch, where I don't want to, I don't want to make it seem like I already have it. And that's what this whole year is going to be about is people telling me, what's it going to be like when you win For What's it going to be like? You know, what are you going to do after? What you know what I mean and that's 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 how the mighty fall. You know, it's pride comes before the fall. And I I just want to make it about improving, being ready. And I think that's kind of going back to a couple of things we had talked about earlier with getting ready for the world championships is it doesn't make it doesn't make the NCAA tournament anything more than it was my freshman, sophomore, junior. It's the NCAA tournament. It's very tough. I'm not winning my fourth. I'm just winning another one. That's kind of how I'm looking at it. Sure.
0: Well, it's going to be exciting. We're going to have a lot of <laughs> a lot of people going to be watching, and, and I'm surely stoked. Um, so you, and you said you're wrestling the World Cup, and I believe. You know, are you are you like eager to to get a potential rematch with Iran?
1: Oh yeah. Yeah, that's um that's the next big thing on my calendar. You know, obviously we have the Wisconsin duel before that. Austin Gomez is tough, but. Like, I want that Iranian. So that's the next really big thing to me. That's. Yeah, I want that, even if. I don't want this to sound like I'm not trying to win, even if I don't win, I need to know that what we're going to be working on for the next three months is in the right direction because I want to get my hands on him and really see if that's what I need to be doing before I spend the whole year getting ready and wasting it.
0: You're studying and then you'll have a test in December and you want to make sure you're studying the right stuff. Exactly. Awesome. Um, okay. That, that's, that's pretty, pretty much down to the line. Um, speaking of studying though, where are you at with school? Are you going to graduate?
1: Uh, I got two semesters left, so home stretch. (laughs) Um, you know, I, uh, it's like bittersweet because everyone, I mean, I'm sure everyone hears this, the college is the best years of your life, but it's a little different because I'm not leaving. (laughs) So (laughs) I'll be right here. Like next year when all the seniors at the end of the year, when all the seniors do their like goodbye speech and tell everyone where they're going, I'm going to be like, all right, guys, I'll, uh, I'll see you in the fall. I'll still be here. So, you know, it's, it's, uh, the school, obviously, you know, I'm excited to graduate and kind of move on to the next part of my life, but I'm glad to know that, you know, I'm not just packing up and leaving everyone like some people have to do, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's life takes, takes people different places. Um, so yeah, I think that that's going to do it. I really appreciate it. Every time we get to talk, I feel like, uh, I just love, love taking glimpses inside your brain, you know, and, and hearing the things you said and, and, um, the convenient success, that was maybe one of the takeaways I had from this, where you are like beating these guys, but not at the world championships and, you know, being your own worst. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, so. it's
1: different. Cause I feel like we care so much about every time we step on the line, we're ready. It's just, that's not true. You're not at your best 100% of the time. When you beat those guys when they're at their best is when it's real to
0: me. Yeah. Well, it was it was pretty real just a couple of weeks ago. And uh, I hope you you know get a chance to, or have had a chance to enjoy the success. I know it's back to the grind. But uh, we're going to give you the final word, Yanni. Anything you might want to say before we let you move on with the rest of your
1: day? No, thank you for having me on. Um, I'm really excited for some some big matches coming up. And Yeah.
0: thank you all right thanks so much yeah have a great day yanni all right all right folks that's gonna do it yanni d always a treat to chat with and uh, always very insightful so we are gonna pack it in and call it a day we'll be back tomorrow with he mentioned his name austin gomez on the show tomorrow that's gonna do it we'll see you later thanks